Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Amen. I titled this message, Becoming Whole. How many people in here know that we're all becoming something? Some of you are becoming strong because you go to the gym, and you are ripped, and you're working out, and you have a six-pack, and all these other things. And some of you are strong because you do Sudoku puzzles, right? And you're like, I'm going to be mentally strong. There is nothing that's going to get me in life. I'm going to do crosswords. I'm going to do whatever it is. And you are becoming mentally strong. Some of you are becoming healthy for the first time because you started that new diet. You started working out. You actually went to the doctor for a checkup. You're becoming healthy because you're going to counseling and you're becoming a healthy person emotionally. Some of you are becoming a better friend because you're calling someone instead of just texting them or posting about them or you're giving them a gift just because. You're like, oh man, you know what? I'm just thinking about you the other day and I, I just saw this and I was like, here you go, man. I, like, it, I, What? You got me a gift? Yeah, I did. Why? Because I'm a good friend and I love you. Some of you are becoming a better friend just in giving a gift. Some of you are becoming a better friend because you're loving someone even when you feel like they were unlovable. And you're becoming a better friend. But some of us in here, we're becoming worse. Because a lot of us, we want to become better, but a lot of us are actually becoming worse because we're neglecting our health. Some of us are becoming worse because we're neglecting our negative emotions that actually need some counseling. Some of us are becoming worse because we're neglecting the friendships and the, the family members that are right in front of us. Some of us in here, you're either becoming a better spouse or you're becoming a bitter spouse. Some of you in here, you're becoming a better family member or you're becoming an angry family member. Some of you are either a joy to work with and you're becoming a joy to work with in the workplace. And people see your face and they're like, there is joy. Look at them coming through the door today. I want them on my team. Hey, boss, can I get them, please? Because they are a joy to work with and they're becoming joy. And so because they're joy, I'm going to be joy. But some of you are a pain to work with. And you're becoming a pain to work with and everybody sees it. And they're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to work with that person or not. See, every single one of us is on a journey of becoming. Every single one of us in here today, we are on a journey to becoming. So here is my question for us today. Is what we are becoming making us whole? Is the person that we are becoming, is the person that you want to become, is it making you whole. Because here's what I found. I turned 38 years old this week. I know I don't look like a day over 28. Amen. In the name of Jesus. But I turned 38 years old this week. And here's what I've learned. I started asking myself a lot of questions moving into 38. I started thinking through the last seasons of my life. I started thinking of all the highs of my life. I started thinking of all the lows of my life. I started thinking of the mountains and the valleys that we just sing about. And here's one of the greatest life lessons that I have learned walking through the valleys. 
I want you to write this down. The valley is a journey that God takes us through to make us whole. Every valley that you go through, it can actually be a place. It can actually be a journey that God will take you through to make you whole. Notice I said God takes you through the valley, not leaves you in it. There's a big difference there. Because a lot of people, when they get into a valley, some of them are just like, oh, well, I'm just in the valley, and I've been in the valley for years and 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 days and days, and I'm going to continue to be in the valley tomorrow too. And that is not God taking you through the valley. That's you taking you through the valley. Because when God takes you through the valley, he takes you through it. He doesn't leave you in it. Because there's something in the valley that he wants to teach you. There's something in the valley that he knows that you and I need. And there's times in our lives where God wants to reveal what that something is. There's certain seasons in our lives. And now here's what I know about God. There's some seasons in your life where he's not going to take you through the valley. You know why? Because he knows that in that season you won't be able to handle what he's about to teach you. But then there's other seasons where he goes, that person is finally ready to accept and to, to unearth some things that have been going on in them for years and years and years that they've never noticed. And now's the time that I'm going to actually walk them through a valley. I'm going to walk them through a valley. And he leads us into that valley and he begins to break us. He leads us into that valley that new season, and he allows pressure to come in on us into a season of crushing. But here is why, not to crush us, but to produce new wine. Because it's only in the crushing of a grape that that new wine that we taste can be made. And that new wine can begin to come into fruition but our first tendency when we get to the valley is to run, right? We're like, hey, I'm out of here. I know you want to take me to the valley, but no, I don't like that. That's too much pain in that valley. I'm running away. I'm running away from the valley. God, see you later. I don't want to stay in this valley. This is me because I, I, like, I'm a baby when it comes to pain, y'all. Like, literally, like, I am a baby, okay? Like, I, like, I'll do the littlest thing, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I need a hug, Ashley. Can you please just give me a hug, man? I'm feeling so da-da-da. And she's like, toughen up. What is going on? I birthed three kids. What have you ever done? I want to run from it. I don't like to be in pain. I don't like to sit in pain. That's why I'm such a positive person, or I try to be, right? Because I don't want to, like, just sit in my pain. Somebody's like, let's talk about all your painful feelings at counseling. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do anything else but just sit in pain. But here's what I'm learning. On your outline, you can follow along. Wholeness comes through letting God walk you through the valley. I experienced this this week. It's in counseling with my counselor, and, and we were talking about a theme that happened in my life called rejection. And very early in my life, I remember it. He said, I want you to go back to the very first time that you ever felt rejected. Because he goes, I see you kind of staring over there, and I want you to go there for a moment. And, and, I, and I went there, and I started thinking about seven years old and, and my real dad. And I was expecting him to show up, and he never showed up. And, and, and then I started thinking about some of, the, some of the other things that had happened in my life. And he said, I want you just to stay there, Josh. 
And he asked me, he said, on a level of 1 to 10, how much pain do you feel right now? And I said, 8 to a 10. He said, set in it. Set in it. Stay in it. And I did not want to. And about five to six minutes in, something happened. Because I stayed in the pain. Because I stayed in the valley. All of a sudden, I started feeling the Holy Spirit just speak to me. And I started feeling the Holy Spirit just say, Josh, you're okay now. I'm here. I'm with you. I always was. And I always will be. It's okay. And I started smiling out of nowhere. And my counselor was like, what's going on? I said, I just experienced some peace and some freedom, and I feel good. How does that happen? I was in an 8 to a 10 on my pain level like five minutes ago, and now all of a sudden I'm in peace. And he said, it's because you let God walk you through the valley. You were able to sit in the valley. You were able to walk through the pain. And because of that, God met you there and he gave you peace. And now you're at a 2 to a 4 where you were at an 8 to a 10. Come on, isn't God good? Come on, that's what he wants to do for you. My peace came by setting in the pain and letting God free me from it. My wholeness was, was coming into fruition by letting God take me through the valley of the shadow of death in my life. This is why David says in Psalms 23 verse 4, Lord, even when your path, wait, this is his path? Yes, because he knows better for your life than you do. Even when your path takes me through, everybody say through, the valley of deepest darkness, Fear will never conquer me. For you already have. Come on, somebody. That's good. You remain close to me and lead me through. Somebody say through. You lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Not the pain that I'm feeling. Not the discomfort. Not the rejection. Not anything else. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love. He loves you greatly takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. That's exactly what I experienced. Wholeness comes through letting God walk you through the valley. But secondly, wholeness comes through God's presence. What happened when I was walking through the valley? I experienced the presence of God. I invited him in to that hard time of my life, and I experienced the presence of God. Anybody ever remember some of the scariest times of your, of your life, right? Like, we, we have three kids, um, Landry and Brooks. They're about to turn seven and five this week. That's awesome. They have the same birthday, two years apart. Come on, that's awesome. And then Mabry. And, and all of our kids have been great sleepers. All of them have transitioned from their cribs to their beds perfectly, except for M. <laughs> except for Mabry, my third one. 
Like, we have tried to put her in her own big girl bed. We got your big girl bed, Mabry. It's going to be awesome. You get to sleep in a big girl bed. Isn't that going to be awesome? Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I'm going to get up at 11 o'clock, and I'm going to get up at 2 o'clock, and I'm going to get up at 3.30, and I'm going to sleep in your bed because I don't like this big girl bed. I want you to, I'm scared. I'm scared. I, I, just, I just need you. Every time she wakes up and she sees that mom and dad are not there, she is scared to death. She starts crying. She starts screaming. She's like, I need my dad. I need my mom. But you know when the fear goes away and peace comes? The moment that she crawls up into my arms or she crawls up into her mother's arms and she gets the gift of presence. She gets the gift of presence. Do you know that you're not alone in your darkness today? You are not alone in your darkness. You're not alone in the valley. It, the, go back to Psalms 23 verse 4. It says, you remain close to me and you lead me through it all the way. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. It is his presence that takes away the fear. It is his presence that takes away worry. It is his presence that takes away anxiety. It is his presence when you feel like you're going through the darkest valley of your life and you say, but I'm going to enter into your presence with praise. I'm going to enter into your presence with worship. I'm going to enter into your presence with peace. And that's what I began to do. This week, man, I felt some anxiety about some things. And then I got into the shower and Elevation Worship just released an amazing song. And it's talking about victory. And it's talking about um, that he will see me through, that the battle is already his. And what was somebody meant for harm, God is going to turn it for good. And I started worshiping, and I was singing as loud as I could. And my neighbors could probably hear it. And guess what happened? It was by me entering into God's presence with worship and praise that all of a sudden the anxiety, all of a sudden the fear, all of a sudden everything that I was feeling started to subside. Why? Because I was entering into his presence, and his presence brings peace. His word will bring peace. Psalms 19 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Open up the word of God this week when you start to feel fear, when you start to feel like you're walking through the darkest valley, and see how the word of God will illuminate the next step. It's not going to show the whole path, by the way, but the word of God will show you your next step. So that's why you have to depend on the word. That's why Jesus says, my word is the bread of life. It is the sustenance that you need to keep walking this path that I have set before you. You don't know what's coming. I do. But you just trust me to take the next step in my word. And I will illuminate the path as we go. My presence will be with you through the word. It is his presence just get into his presence in the midst of some valleys that you're going through and watch the wholeness begin to come. Watch the wholeness begin to come when you begin to get in God's presence. But the third way that wholeness comes is wholeness comes through others. 
Wholeness comes through others. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. Here's the New Living Translation. It says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will be refreshed themselves. I love what Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, the Passion Translation says too. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. The one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. And let me tell you something. When you are walking through the valley toward wholeness, you have to have people. You have to have your team. You have to have your people. And people are funny, right? (laughs) Because some people have gotten you into the valley in the first place. There's some people that have hurt you. There's some people that have rejected you. There's some people that you feel like have stabbed you in the back. There's some people that are the reason for your anxiety and your worry. And and it happened again in your life. And you trusted somebody else and it happened again in your life. And you trusted somebody else and then it happened again in your life and again in your life. And you're just so tired that you don't even want to trust anybody anymore. And trust me, I've been there. I live there sometimes. God, how am I supposed to trust? How am I supposed to open up my heart again? Because today, it feels like there is nobody on the face of the planet that wants to walk this earth with me. Today, it feels like that nobody cares. Today, it feels like that nobody wants me. Today, it feels like that nobody is texting me, that nobody has ever posted and gave me a shout-out on the birthday. I could go on and on and on and on about all the ways that we feel, but here's the truth about people. Write this down. People can hurt people, or people can heal people. Let me say that again. People can hurt you, but God also uses people to heal you. People can hurt you, but God also uses people To heal you. And that's why when you're in a valley, it can't just be you. And it also can't just be you and God. Well, it's just me and God. I don't need people. Really? Did you know that God says you need people? Listen, what he says. Genesis chapter 2. The very second chapter of the Bible. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Which means, write this down, an alone man or woman is not a whole man or woman. An isolated man or woman is never going to be a whole man or woman. It was just Adam with God. That should have been enough, right? Like, hey, God, it's Adam down here. It's your boy. You created me. It's awesome. We were walking in the garden today. I was naming that panda, and then I named the alligator, and then I named the bug over there. And I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to name it dog. How about that? It's going to be my best friend. Awesome. But there was something wrong with the man. He was alone. 
he, he, he still felt alone. God had just created everything, and he said it was good. But there was one thing that he said, it's not good. This is not good for this man that I created to be alone. And so he created Eve. And the minute that Adam woke up and he saw Eve, he said, that is good, God. Come on, somebody. And it was good. And they lived in perfect union together with God. Man and woman with God. That's how he has created it. Friend to friend and God. That is what brings wholeness to your life. So you've got to have friends, right? Come on. You've got to have your people. Some of you are in valleys and you're not going to experience the wholeness that God wants for you because you're not in the environment and you're not with the people that will bring wholeness to your life. You're just not. Brene Brown says that in the absence of feeling loved and feeling like you belong, that is where shame and disbelief will be born. Let me say that again. Where love and belonging are missing, shame and disbelief will be born. In the environment where you feel like love is missing, in the environment where you feel like belonging is missing, then shame will be bred and disbelief will be bred in your life. And anywhere we are living in shame and disbelief, our hearts will be broken and, illness will, and, and, and wholeness will not live there. Let me say that again. Anywhere that we are living in shame and disbelief, our hearts will be broken and wholeness will be absent. That's why one of the number one questions that I started asking of myself, I started asking of my family, I started asking of my life going into 38 is this, what environment and what people will help create the most whole version of the Hawks? What environment and what people will help create the most whole version of the Hawks? And then I've got to do whatever I've got to do to get into those environments or create that environment. Some of you are like, well, I just need to leave my environment because it's not going to ever happen. No, you need to be the one to step into your environment and help create the wholeness that people need to have. That's what you need to do. So start asking yourself that question. What environment and what people will help create the most whole version of me, the most whole version of my marriage, the most whole version of my family? And then how do I either help create that environment or run into that environment? And here's one of the ways that you can help create what you don't see. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. So you want to help create that environment? Then be a person who lives to bless others. Open up your eyes. Look around you and see the person that's in a valley and say, I will be with you. I will walk with you. I'm going to spend my life to pour out blessings upon you. I will call you. I will text you. I will be the person that says they may have left you, but I'm not going to abandon you. I will stay with you. I will be with you. I will not leave you in this season, but I will stay. See, some of us, we need to learn to be a roof to some Naomi's that are out there. 
Some of you need to learn to be a Ruth to a Naomi that is out there. And here's what I mean by that. If you turn in your Bibles to Ruth chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. Be up here on the screen if you don't have a Bible. This is the story of Ruth. She's lost everything. She was a God-fearing woman. And then calamity came upon her house. Took her husband. Took her sons. And she's left with two daughter-in-laws. She says, it's more bitter for me than you. She's a bitter person right now. She's bitter at the Lord. There's some people that are walking through valleys right now, and they're bitter. And they're bitter at you, and they're bitter at the world, and they're bitter at God. Because the Lord's hand is turned against me. The Lord's hand's turned against me. She's got to walk through this valley. At this they wept aloud again. And then Oprah, not Oprah, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth, somebody say, but Ruth. But Ruth clung to her. Why? She's bitter. She's broken. She said, the Lord's turned against me. There's nothing good for me. It's all waste. One says, yeah, I see that. I'm out. See you later. I'm going to go get me a man. (laughs) Naomi even says to Ruth, look, your sister-in-law, she's going back to her people and her gods. Like, go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. This is not the type of friendship that we are used to. Most people, when it gets hard, they're Oprah's, not Ruth's. Most people, when it gets hard in the relationship, when it gets to the point where it's just like, I just don't see any way that this can happen because I know you've been hurt and I know you're bitter and I know you don't even want anything to do with the Lord right now. And so I need to go to my Christian friends and just be with them right now. And I know that you used to believe in God, but you're really kind of freaking me out right now. So I just need to go over here and be in my little Christian small group bubble and get away from your bitterness right now. And that's a mistake. Because let me tell you something, write this down, when you were in the valley, that Ruth type of friendship is the type of healing friendship that can make you whole again. It was Ruth clinging to Naomi at her most bitter moment. It was Ruth saying, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will stay with you. I will not be like my other sister-in-law. I will be with you. And because she stayed, Ruth, because Ruth stayed, Naomi was eventually healed. Because Ruth stayed, Naomi went from bitter to better. 
Because Ruth stayed, Naomi went from empty to full. At the end of the story, I challenge you, go read it this week. And you see Naomi go, what was taken away from me has now been restored. And she's the happiest that she's ever been. Why? All because one friend decided to say, I know you're bitter. I know you're angry. I know you don't even like God, but I'm still staying with you. Because this is the type of friendship that will heal you. And help make you whole. Who is it that needs you to stay? Who is it that needs you to stay right where you are? Who is it that God wants to use you to heal because you didn't just say, well, they're broken and they ain't worth it anymore? I mean, I like them when they were up, but not when they're down. I mean, they're really down right now. Who is it that needs you to see their tears? Who is it that needs you to see their pain? I was listening to a counselor this week, and he's a brilliant counselor, and he said this. He said, why did God give you tear ducts in your eyes? Think about it. He could have put them in our armpits. (laughs) Could have put them on the end of our toes. Could have put them on our shoulders. You know why I put it in your eyes? Because your tears were meant to be seen. Your pain was meant to be seen by another human person. Not just crying out before God, I'm in pain, I'm in my prayer closet, God. And No, no, no. He goes, that's great, but who are you inviting into your prayer closet right now to see your pain? So if you're that person that's crying alone, stop. Your tears were supposed to be seen. My tears are supposed to be seen. And if you're that person that doesn't like to sit in pain with somebody, stop. And start seeing somebody's pain. Not just overlooking it. Set in their pain with them. Set while they're crying in front of you and they're pouring out their heart to you and don't leave them in that pain. Say, take my hand and I'm going to be a Ruth to you and I'm going to, with God and with me, walk you towards wholeness that I know God still has for you. Ruth said, you may not even see the wholeness that God wants to restore to you, but I do right now, and that's why I'm staying. See, there's some people in your life that they don't even see wholeness right now. They can't see it because of the pain, because when you're in pain, you don't see what's ahead of you, and they need somebody else in their life to come into your life and to come into that pain and go, you can't see the wholeness that you can have, but I do, and so take my hand. We're walking there together. Now, let me tell you something. There's some people in your life that you go, I've done that. I've tried to walk them toward wholeness. They don't want to come. Well, here's what you need to know. You can never drag somebody to wholeness. But here's what I need you to know also. How much time did you try? A week? Did you know that change doesn't come overnight? One of my favorite people in the world, she lost her husband almost six months ago. 
And almost every day when I look at her Instagram or her Facebook and, or her, her Twitter or anything else, she's still in grief. She's still in pain because she was married to this man for 20-something years. But here's what I know. She's showing books about how she is reading to get whole again. She, she's talking about how she's going to a group to get whole again. See, those are the people that you go, hey, I know this isn't going to happen overnight. But I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. And as long as you're willing to walk and take some steps, then I'm right here with you, Naomi. I'm right here with you. I ain't going anywhere. We are going to walk toward wholeness together. If somebody will walk, you walk with them, even though it may be frustrating at times. Even though you may see two steps forward and three steps back occasionally. You go, no, no, no. I am staying with you. I am seeing your pain. And you need to stay with them because part of someone's wholeness involves you staying. Can you ask that person that you know is in pain? Close your eyes for a moment. Think about that person that you know is in pain. Can you today pick up the phone and ask them to walk toward the wholeness that you know that they can have? And to say, I will be the one to walk you with, to walk with you toward it? Can you ask them that? Be that person. They don't need a long line of levers in their life right now. They need one faithful friend that stays and sees the greatness in them, calls the greatness out of them, reminds them of the greatness that's in them, Reminds them of a future that is ahead. Reminds them of a God who goes, I'm just walking you through this valley. I'm never going to leave you in it. Be a roof to that bitter Naomi in your life. Be the person who refreshes others and watch your life be refreshed as well. Because there's some people that need you to be this for them. Because part of their wholeness is dependent on you walking them toward it. You being that friend. You in the power of the Holy Spirit. Helping walk them toward the wholeness that's in them. Here's why I know this to be true. Because I've been that person. I've been the person that's in the valley. And I declared over my life that if 37 was a year of brokenness for me, 38 is a year of wholeness for me. 38 is a year of restoring. 38 is a year of complete healing and restoration in my life. For all that the enemy tried to take away. And you know what has made me whole? Letting God walk me through my valley. You know how I'm becoming whole? By... by just getting into his presence and letting his presence bring me peace. You know how I'm getting whole? Because I feel loved by friends. As the band comes back up, I was Thursday 
when I turned 38, I was, uh, I probably cried three or four times that day. You know why? Because of all the love that I felt. Because there were people. See, see, here's what you need to know. Sometimes when you post something on somebody's Facebook or you send a text, that's not just a post. That's not just a text. That's life to somebody else. Because you don't know what they're going through. And it was so amazing. Because there are people from all over that were texting me, some people that I didn't even know, some people and, and that, that, are, that I don't even know anymore, really, that I used to know. Hey, Pastor, I just want to thank you so much for the difference that you've made in my life. College students that walked through the door last year, that's why it's so important that we do this college outreach in the next couple weeks. Texting me saying, hey, Pastor, I just want to let you know I love you and I can't wait to see you in two weeks. You've made a huge difference in my life. Family members. Friends, I'm with you. I love you. I know the best is yet to come in your life, in your family. And all of a sudden, there was a wind from the Holy Spirit that began to fill up in my cells again. Do you see that? I wasn't afraid to let God walk me through the valley. I was able to sit in his presence. And I believe that my healing will come from others. As well as God's presence. It's both in. And so that's why I have to open up my heart again. That's why you have to open up your heart again. That's why you've got to let somebody be a Ruth to you right now. Because whether you're in the valley or whether you will be in the valley, you're all going to go through a season of becoming. And what God wants for you and what God wants for me is wholeness. Wholeness.